So one of my great joys of being a dad uh, was Friday afternoon snacks. Okay, Friday afternoon snacks. I recently told you that when the girls were little, uh, when, before they started school, we'd have Daddy Day on Fridays. I'd try to stay out, and we'd do things. Um, we would watch movies. We would go out to the park, things like that. But when they got into school, then it kind of morphed into Friday afternoon snack time. I'd pick them up from school, and it, no matter, every Friday, it didn't matter. We'd always go for something. We'd go for ice cream or we'd go for cookies, or we would go for ice cream and cookie at Chick-fil-A. You get the ice cream, and then you get the cookie, and you dunk it. Mmm, it's so good, right? But the other day, I have to share this with you. My oldest daughter choked me up the other day. She's sitting in her car um, after she's teaching now up in Jefferson High School. She's sitting in her car, and she looks out of her window, and she takes this picture, this picture of a dad and daughter sharing a snack together right here. And her caption said this. It said, this dad and daughter were getting an afternoon snack and it made me miss you. I love you. Y'all, I'm gonna cry. (laughs) I did, I cried when I got that text. But I just, uh, and you know what? Let's just go on before I start crying again. But uh, every time we would do snacks, it was just, it was, it meant as much to me as it did to the girls. But anytime we would try to pick out the snack, I would always try to go for the snack that I wanted that day, right? You know what that is. You know what that's like as a parent, right? Don't act like you don't do that, right? Because I would be like, doesn't Cinnabon sound really good? (laughs) I loved Cinnabon when the girls were little. And you know what? I could try to make you understand the greatness of Cinnabon. I could tell you how good it is. Like, even after you take it home and it's been sitting for a little while, you put it in the microwave and you're warming up and it's ooey and it's gooey and it's just so good. I could try to describe the aroma that tickles my nasal cavity when I go into the mall and I'm anywhere near it, right? I could try to describe the best part of the Cinnabon, which is the icing, and they know this, So they sell extra little cups of icing on the side as if everything they put on the top isn't enough. you got to have extra to be able to dunk into it, right? Now I'm making everybody hungry. But I could try to describe this, but the only way, the only way you're really going to know how good it is is if I had brought it. Hey, Heather, I don't know if you know how this goes. This is how this goes. Y'all aren't supposed to talk. Leave it to Heather. I love it. (laughs) Next time, I'll bring some for everybody, but not today. The only way that you're really going to know just how good it is is if you go this afternoon or you go at some point and you try it for yourself. Now, you got to taste and you got to see how good it is. So in this series, God is fill in the blank. What I've been doing, what we've been looking at, is trying our best to describe who God is, how amazing he is. And we brought up some big words to help us understand his greatness. One is omnipresent, that God is everywhere. Another one is omnipotent, that he is all-powerful. And then last week was omniscient, that he is all-knowing. But ultimately, the only way we're going to understand his greatness, and especially his love, is only if we're willing to experience it for ourselves. And my hope is, as we move through this series and as we close it today, 
is that you have been drawn closer to the presence of God and that you're able to understand how to experience more of him for yourself. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we are to taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, the more that you taste of his goodness, the more you taste his greatness and his power, the closer you're going to be to his presence. And it's just like anything else in life, right? I can tell you all about them. I can use all these fancy words to try to describe to you just how good and how great and how powerful and all-knowing and how present he is in your life. But it's up to you. It's up to you to taste and see just how good he is. And remember, what we've been saying in this series is that the more we know about God, the more life is going to make sense, right? So for today, where I want to go today is everybody can take a deep breath. I'm not going to teach a big fancy word, these theological words that if you use it correctly, you can like really, um, people will think you're so smart about, we've already been through all present and all knowing and all powerful. Today, I just want to walk through how we understand God as being all loving, all loving. I want you to understand, and what I really want to do is I want you to experience his love for yourself. And we've been talking about that a lot here lately. We've been talking about that, especially at a Ridge Rally when it comes to um, the Methodist Church and everything that's going on. We'll talk a little bit about that after the service is over um, But we've been talking about God's love and how we as a church family are called to love. And I want you all to know that you can experience more and more of God's love. So the big idea today is that I get to experience God's love personally. Okay, like I don't just get to understand it. This idea of a God that is loving. No, 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 no. What scripture says is that he wants us to know personally. Okay, in fact, I'm getting ready for uh, this Bible study that I'm starting next Sunday on the book of Ephesians. And in this particular piece of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul actually says this to the church in Ephesus, right? Like, I don't want you just to understand God's love. No, 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 no. What I want you to do is I want you to taste and experience them for yourself. I want you to know personally what it means that God loves you. And this is how he says it in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, may you experience the love of Christ. Although it's too big to fully understand. Like you can't fully get it. That's what we've been talking about in this series when it comes to omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient. Like I get these things like I can kind of understand it, but I kind of don't. Right? So that's what Paul is getting at here. He's like, God is he's too big to understand, but yet he's close enough that he does want you to understand him. And one of those things is about his love. Like, you can kind of get it. He wants you to kind of know, although it's just too big for you to fully grasp. He says, then if you do, you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And so that's what we say here at the Ridge, is we want you to experience. The number one thing we want everybody to, to know when they walk in these doors is that Jesus Christ loves them, that he came and he died for them. He has a plan and a purpose for them. We want them to experience the love of Jesus Christ. And it's my prayer that you would do that. Because sometimes it's easy to forget that God loves us. Or that God loves us personally. Like I get this idea that God loves the world. 
Jesus loves all the little children. But what about me personally and what I'm dealing with right now? So, the idea, I want you to experience God's love. This means a few things. And if you got your message notes, let's go ahead and pull them out and let's fill in some blanks. If you're online, you can open up the Ridge app and go there for the message notes. Experiencing God's love means, number one, I can experience God's love even when I don't feel his love. Okay, let's talk about this. In the Bible, the Bible teaches us that God can use sufferings and difficulties to teach us and to grow us. Right? We, we teach this all the time here at the Ridge. What you're going through, God may use that in order to grow your faith. But let's be honest, it's hard to experience God's love when I'm going through so much pain. Right, we, we know this. It's true for all of us because our feelings are tied up in our present reality. Okay, let's just be honest. Like, I feel loved when things are going great. I don't necessarily feel so much love when things aren't going great. And here's what I want you to understand when it comes to this point. I want you to understand that the proof of God's love for us isn't in just how smoothly yesterday went or how I'm feeling today. The proof of God's love is way beyond that. It's so much deeper than that. In Romans 8, it puts it this way. Romans 8 says this. God, he, God did not spare his own son, Jesus, but he gave him for all of us. So with Jesus... God will surely give us all things. You see, the proof of God's love for you is that he was willing to give the greatest gift this world has ever known, and that is his son, Jesus Christ, right? The fact is that Jesus came and died for your sins. And just for that, even if that was it, even if that was all we had of God or all we knew of God, it would still be enough for us to understand that we have a God that loves us. Truth is, God does so much more for us than just that, right? He goes over and beyond. You see, but the death and the resurrection of Christ for me to take away that sin so that I can be with him proves that God loves us no matter what is going on around us. In fact, Jesus came and died because of what goes on around us, right? That's why we have hope. That's why we have eternal life. Is because this world is broken, and when I remember that, I remember just how much God loves us, even when I don't necessarily feel his love. I know that Romans 8.32 says that God proves himself for us because he sent his son. And because he sent his son, uh, Brandon, throw that back up there for me. Because he sent his son, it says God will surely give us all things. But God doesn't just stop there by giving us his son to die for our sins. No, no, It says he'll surely give us all things. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean like all things like a new 80-inch screen TV for the house or anything like that. No, no, no. It means that God goes over and beyond to show his love for us and to provide for us no matter what's going on around us. So this means... I can experience God's love when I understand how far he was willing to go for me. I can experience his love. Even when I don't necessarily feel so great. The second thing I can know about this, I can also experience God's love even when I might not deserve it. Like even when I feel like I don't deserve it. You know what I think is so funny? What I think is funny 
is that people think that because I'm a pastor that I'm perfect. <laughs> wow, we have a very interactive crowd today. <laughs> I'm going to need everybody. I'm going to need everybody to calm down. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but if I had to bet, I would say it was T that was in the bag. Um, I was going to say a lot of people, except for the one person in the back, um, sometimes feel that pastors don't deal with what other like common people deal with, right? Like we're somehow above it all. Do you know what? Sometimes um, it gets to me. Sometimes I forget I'm a preacher. Some of y'all have seen me forget that I'm a preacher. You've been in that moment. You know, you know when I forget that I'm a preacher is when I am going behind someone so slow on Veterans Parkway. Or, or when I'm sitting at the red light and it turns green, but the car in front of me doesn't go because they're looking at their phone. <gasps> ooh, ooh, I'm going to have to rein it in right now, y'all. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, let's be honest, if that happens and the car doesn't go, are you a honker? Let me see. Do you honk? Ooh, we got a lot of honkers in here. Okay. What about how many of y'all will just sit there and you'll just take it, but you will stew, you just stew? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, I want everybody to come to the church, uh, you know, and experience the ridge, but maybe not that person at that time. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But it gets to me. Sometimes... Sometimes we don't always do the right things. We don't always think the right things. Sometimes we step out of that and we don't feel like we're good enough to be loved by God. You know what? When I look at the New Testament, I see the people that Jesus called to be a part of his group. And when you look at those people, none of them were good enough. Right? Like he called the people that were the outcast. He called the rejected tax collector to be a part of the... Like he was reaching out to these people. He actually got upset with the people who thought they were good enough. The ones that acted all high and mighty, right? But when it came down to it, who did Jesus hang out with? He hung out with those people that weren't good enough. And we begin to realize that one of the requirements to follow Jesus is that you understand this, that you're not good enough, and yet he loves me anyway. And yet he invites me to be a part of his disciples, right? And yet he invites me to be called loved, that I am a child of God. You see, God loves us no matter what, not because we deserve to be loved. None of us deserve it. God loves us because Scripture says He is love. Like, you cannot separate love from God. In fact, 1 John 4, 8 puts it this way, just very simply. God is love, right? It's impossible for God not to love. If He ceases to share love in any way, shape, or form with us, then He would cease to be God because God is love. And the Bible says that He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So that means that I can experience God's love. Even when things aren't going great around me, and I don't feel it, and even when I blow it, and I wonder if He really does love me. I'm called to experience the love of God that surpasses all understanding. The third thing when it comes to experience his love, I can experience his love even when 
I have doubts. And let's be honest, we all have doubts, right? You know, I think the most famous doubter of all time, of course, is Thomas, right? Thomas in Scripture is a big one. And I think Thomas gets a bad rap, honestly. It's almost like the kid who does something weird in middle school and then he gets forever labeled that nickname for the rest of his life. It's kind of like that with Thomas. He did one thing and that's what we remember. But yet we don't remember what happened in John chapter 11. Do you know that in John chapter 11, Thomas knew that if they went with Jesus back to Bethany, that they could be killed. And yet Thomas stands up and he says, let's go back. If we have to die, we're with Jesus. But we don't remember that story, do we? No, not when we think of Thomas. What we remember is the guy that had doubts. We have forever labeled him as Doubting Thomas. Remember the story of Jesus having to show up to him and prove that he was alive by giving, handing out, handing himself and saying, feel my hands and put, put your hand in my side. Here's my point. Jesus still came to Thomas, even in his doubt, even in his unbelief, and met him there and loved him, even in the middle of that. And that story is such a great reminder because, honestly, we're all in the same boat. We all struggle at times, don't we? We do. We struggle. There are times in my life, and I know there are times in your life as well, when we really wonder, like, can God do this? Can God do that? Has God called me here? Can God really love me? Is God really with me? And we have all these doubts, and yet Scripture shows that God's presence doesn't leave us, even in those moments. You see, when I have struggle, when I have doubt, i gotta, I got to remember in those moments that it's not necessarily the size of my faith that matters so much, is that it's the size of my God that I put my faith in. Okay, does that make sense? Because, because Scripture says that if you have the smallest amount of faith, you can move mountains. In fact, here's what it says in Matthew 17. It says this, I tell you the truth, Jesus, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. It's not so much the size of my faith, but it's the amount of faith that I have in a really big God. I'm just called to have Faith the size of a seed. Sometimes we think that we only experience God's love when we have big faith. And that's not necessarily true. God wants our faith to grow. He wants us to have big faith. Like we want to get there, right? But at the same time, God uses mustard seed types of faith to do great things. Why? Because he loves us. Because he loves you. So you know what? God, God loves me. Even when my faith is small, even when I have mixed emotions, even in those moments that I doubt, what scripture says is that no matter what's going on in life, he promises to draw near to me if I draw near to him. Just like he lovingly came to Thomas. And Thomas, y'all, Thomas, even in that moment of doubt, he was forever changed by Jesus and the way Jesus loved him that Thomas was willing to be martyred for his faith because of how Jesus loved him. So you know what? Sometimes, 
when we're filling in that blank for God and we're trying to understand who God is, sometimes it's, it's difficult to remember that he is love. Because not every day is a great day. Some days are, are honestly, they're terrible. Some days we walk around thinking we're not good enough. Sometimes we're, we're just caught up in all of our doubts. And sometimes we walk around just saying, God, if you just show me your love, I, I would believe more in you, right? I would follow you more. But please, 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 this morning, please don't forget just how much God loves you. And if you ever question that, just look at the cross. Because Jesus stretched out his hands and he says this is how much I love you. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for loving us like you do. It's amazing. God, when all else fails, when this world falls apart, even when things don't go as planned around us, God, even when I don't necessarily feel it at times, even when I don't think I deserve it at times, God, even when I have those doubts, God, I know that you love me. Help me remember that love. God, God you, you loved us because you created us. You loved us because you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. You love us because you want a relationship with us. You love us. God, we know you love us because you're willing to give your son to die for us so that we can be with you forever. And that is just amazing. Like, God, we get that kind of love and at the same time we don't get that kind of love because it's not... It's not shown around us so much, but God, we thank you for the perfect example of a God who loves us through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that no matter what's happening in our lives, that we can draw close to you. And scripture says that you, you will draw close to us. So God, please help us to remember. God, we want to experience your love. Even though, even though Paul says it is just too full, too wonderful too amazing to even grasp. We want to experience more of your love each and every day. And we thank you that you're with us. God, we give you all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.